everyone. I am Allison Lee, your host here at CraftCast.com, and on today's show, I'll be talking with attorney Denise Gosnell, who has, oh, lots of good insights to share with all of us artists, uh, as well as other things to talk about and share. So uh, let's get started. Show number 190. Starting the day again, oh yeah, letting the sun shine in, uh-oh, I'm gonna dig within myself. Uh-oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen, you can learn to create something new. Well, hello, 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 everyone. It's great to be back here doing another podcast from the Craftcast studio. Uh, took the summer off doing all other kind of things. Things that you can go look at over at craftcast.com, actually. We have so many uh, great new classes coming up this fall. Uh, so many fun uh, techniques to learn. I'm just so excited about so many of them. Uh, if there's a new uh, technique too you can learn needle felting oh in December Ms. Bumbles from over in the UK is coming on to show us how to make these adorable felted creatures as well as oh there's so many other things please just go check it out at craftcast.com for the live classes as well as there's tons of new recordings as well so check that all out that's a bit of a, a little plug for craftcast.com uh Yes, it's been a wonderful summer. I know many of you who have followed me for years, you know that my son, Mr. Eric Bergen, is an actor. Uh, He had a big uh, movie come out this summer. So much fun. Yes, he was in Jersey Boys as playing Bob Gaudio, one of the Jersey Boys. And so much fun to go to L.A. and be uh, at the big opening uh, red carpet. Oh, that's a big machine to be involved in, is all I can say. There was... um, uh, <laughs> lots of prep work, lots of cameras, uh, you know, being the mom of one of the stars, you get to wear a special badge. So you get in everywhere, which is nice. But I felt the pressure. I felt the pressure of the right outfit. I went and got my hair and makeup done. <laughs> it was <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. A great, great opening. And then the next day, you know, it's back to life as usual. And we went out for coffee and went to Universal Studio and just <laughs> played played it low-key. So, uh, so much fun to go do that. Jersey Boy, great, great, fun film coming out. Um, I think comes out on DVD um, and uh, rental in October, I believe, October, November. So that was great fun. And then tonight, just happens to be tonight, here we are in September, September 21st, uh, he's in a new TV show that starts tonight at um, Following 60 Minutes, Madam Secretary. So, yes, I'm a proud mom. Just had to share all that with you, because I know so many of you write in and ask, what's up, Mr. Eric Bergen? Uh, all right, so now back to some other fun things I found that I want to share with you. Uh, so many cool supplies. We just did I Love Tools, number six, last week, um, and... Oh, it's for free already in the craftcast.com library if you want to go um, get that and watch it. So many people wrote in about uh, how much they love. They call me the pusher, the tool pusher. 
But I can't help it. There were so many. It's like Oprah's favorite things, only for artists and crafters. Uh, so many cool things in there. Uh, check out if you want to have, um, highly recommend looking at Snake Clamp. I think it's snakeclamp.com or .net. You have to go in there and check. Great way to, uh, great freeform tripods for your cameras and other things. you got to check it out. Really cool. Uh, Cynthia Tinapple showed some great material to use so you could do hollow shapes in polymer clay because it just dissolves out. That was freaking cool. Uh, Sue McNinley showed must-have new sheets for your silhouette cutter. The silhouette cutter is so cut on. There's classes at craftcast.com now on how to cut polymer clay coming up, metal clay coming up. I mean, it really is. Wannery Tanner has a metal clay one in there. Sue has one just on cutting paper, what it was originally for. Uh, but that was really cool. So go check that out. Uh, there was one thing I didn't share that night because we were filled up. Uh, all of you who are into apps for your iPad, for your iPhone, try looking at, um, go look at Photo Gene. Photo then Gene, G-E-N-E. Uh, really fun app. It has built in um, applications that you can put on photos. So if you don't know a lot about Photoshop and all of that, you can just apply different looks. I thought that was really cool. And then I found this book this summer that I just loved. Anyone out there who's looking to buy a gift for, I don't know, do you buy, I guess a shower, a baby. It's really for the adult or for um, a child as they get older. When my son was young, we had a great pop-up book called um, I think it was Papa, Can You Get Me the Moon? I think it was the name of it. And it was a favorite around three years old. I love this one. It's called How, How to Find Flower Fairies by Cecilia Mary Parker. It is a beautiful pop-up book, How to Find Flower Fairies. I leave it out on the coffee table just saying, really, really gorgeous. So check that out. Uh, I'll have links for these things over at craftcast.com so you can... Uh, click through and find stuff. Uh, So there's a bunch of stuff uh, to go check out. Now, today's guest, I met Denise Gosnell, who is an attorney. I met Denise, um, when did I meet her? I don't know. Let's see. Probably over the winter uh, at a wonderful, um, I believe that was MetaMind. Uh, Some of the seminars I go to by a wonderful man named Evan Pagan, who puts together lots of fabulous people who are doing online business. So I go to those and I met Denise and she was an attorney I could talk to easily. You know, sometimes it's hard from artist creative to hook up with attorney and talk just normal talk, you know, sometimes not always. But Denise was someone that um, I felt I really clicked with. And I knew uh, she was kind enough to come on and give some really solid information for artists with their artwork uh, from the legal end. And, and and then that gets dropped out. So I'm really excited she came on and shared all this. So um, that's coming up shortly. Uh, just before that, though, I have a piece of music. Oh, yes, I am celebrating Jersey Boys still. Um, and it's really fun. Uh, it's my son singing Cry For Me from the movie Jersey Boys. So enjoy that. And come on back and I'll be chit-chatting with Ms. Denise Gosnell. I cried for you Now cry for me No, no, I don't love you anymore Cry for me 
Well, you had your fun. With someone new. Don't complete me. Girl, now you want me to take Don't you back. We're all through. Cause now I'm leaving. No, no, make believe. you guys listen up this is good we're going to have a good talk today i'm so excited uh denise gosnellis come on to talk to me i met denise at a wonderful workshop uh one of the places where uh you get to talk to a lot of people who are passionate about their art denise's art happens to be that she's a lawyer and attorney and she can shed light on so many of the issues that have come up in the art world. So I am so happy today that Denise uh, Gosnell is going to be talking to us and um, giving us some of the information we need so badly. Thank you so much, Denise, for coming on. Thank you so much, Allison, for having me. It's my pleasure. And I love how passionate you are about what you do. You know. Oh, thank you. It, well, that, you know, life's too short not to be, isn't it? Yes. But, you know, <laughs> it's important that, uh, you know, if a lot of artists are not around lawyers and that sort of information and energy that um, it's great to be with people, you know, lawyers get a bad rap. So it's great to be with ones that mm-hmm. are passionate about spreading information and really helping uh, people out. With well, thank problems. you. I'm so. a very creative person myself, an author, and I'd love to be an artist too, but so, I just, I'm go. not great at, great at painting, but I'm, I'd love to try. So, Well, there you that, go. So you at least understand where people are coming Absolutely. from there. So. All right. So you're going to give us some really good hardcore information here for moving forward. And we're, first, we're going to cover steps about incorporation, why people should do it, how they can move forward, you know, and how that all works, what people should do. Yes. Yeah, so the first thing is, you know, I highly recommend that anybody that's going to be in business for themselves, you know, especially over the long term, or if you think you will be over the long term, that you consider incorporating, and that can be a corporation or an LLC, you know, some type of entity with a limited liability shield. And the reason that matters is because as you grow your business, you want to be doing deals and, you know, having bank accounts and um, having vendor relationships through that LLC or that corporation because you want to protect your personal assets. Like let's say you had a par 
that was paid off and a house that was paid for, or, you know, even if it wasn't paid for, you had substantial assets and personal assets, but then something went wrong and in your business you accidentally, you know, heaven forbid, injured someone or your artwork exploded and, you know, injured right. them or whatever. You know, you'd want as much as possible to limit the amount of liability that you would have to only what the company owns as assets. So that is why it's important to um, do business as um, a corporation or an LLC, just to shield yourself from personal liability as much as possible. Not everything can be shielded from personal liability, but most things can. So. And that's, so that's that makes sense on why one, that's important. That's the number one reason, then. <clears throat> yes, it's just, you know, from the personal liability protection is the main reason. Because if you just operate as a sole proprietor, like most people do, mm-hmm. and that's fine, like the first few months when you're starting out, when you're just trying to decide whether you're going to get a job somewhere else or you're going to stay on your own, that's fine. You don't need to run out and form a corporation immediately until you know you're going to do, you know, you might wait three or four or five months, but then, okay, i got to get serious. I'm going to really do this. So at that point, it becomes worth it. And then what you do, it's a really simple process, but it intimidates a lot of people. Mm-hmm. All you do is you go to your secretary of state where you want to incorporate, and they're all, almost all of them have online filings nowadays, like Indiana Secretary of State, where I live. You know, every state has one. And you just look for the forms that they require you to fill out to form a new entity, and it'll ask you what name the name's going to be, you know, what the address is, who the owner is, and who you want to be served if the company's ever sued. Because, um, you know, this is a new company that the public has a right to know who they are and where they exist mm-hmm, at. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you, they will give you what's called the Articles of Organization or Incorporation, depending on whether it's an LLC or a corp. It's just the title is different, but it means the same thing. And you just take that certificate, and then there's a little filing fee with it. I forgot to mention it's you know, normally pretty nominal, like 50 to to $100. Mm-hmm. And then you just take that certificate and you call up the IRS or you can go online and get an EIN, which is a Social Security number for the business. Just like, you know, when we're born, we get a Social right. Security number as babies. Well, you also can get a Social Security number for the business when it's born. It's called an employer identification number. Right. And then once you have that EIN, you take that EIN and your articles of incorporation to a bank and say, I have a new company and I need to open a bank account. Right. And guess what? You're in business as an LLC. Those are the three steps, or a corporation, whichever you chose. Now, so it's really that simple. How, about how long would that process take? Because you did just make it seem, you know, oh, this is doable. About how long does yeah, that process take? You could literally do that over the course of three days. Because, right. okay. like, it starts with filing it with the, LL, you know, with the Secretary of State. And a lot of them will process your application online and give you a certificate almost immediately. Or they, if they put it in the mail, you may be looking at, you know, five days before they send you the certificate or something. It just depends upon the state. But most of the ones I've worked with recently would give you, like, an online certificate or they'd email it to you the next day or something. So it's pretty fast there. And then calling the IRS is immediate. Like, you literally, once you get the word back from the Secretary of State that they approved the opening of your company, the mm-hmm. only reason they wouldn't would be if there was a name conflict if somebody else already was using that name okay. in that state or a similar, a really, really similar version of it. But um, they will approve it, and then you just literally call the IRS or go to the website, and they give you an immediate EIN. And then the bank account is just waiting until the bank's open. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I would say a week week to ten days if you wanted to, like, pad it and leave extra time. That's pretty great. Now, so it's worth doing your search. Do your search beforehand for your name. Do a really Yeah, you want to – that's a great question. And actually – there's two aspects to when you pick your name. You want to make sure that somebody doesn't already have a similar name in the state you're about to file in mm-hmm. because the Secretary of State would reject it because somebody already had a corporation or LLC under that name. 
But then there's a, not to make it too complicated, but you also would want to make sure that somebody in other states doesn't already have a nearly identical name if you're going to be doing business, you know, across other states and you might, you know, step on each other's toes to where consumers could be confused. You wouldn't want to commit trademark infringement either, which is different than the Secretary of State just not letting you have the name because somebody else already has it in their state. Right. So it's kind of like two, there's two aspects to picking a good name. It's making sure the Secretary of State doesn't already have it reserved to somebody else and making sure that you're not finding somebody in Google and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office that already owns the name across the country. Right, 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 right. And now for people to choose the difference between incorporating and the LLC, what would be the basic difference there to choose one or the other? The short answer, and it's a more complicated nuances, of course, as right. law things are in right. law, right. but, you know, there's, you know, like there's C-Corps and there's S-Corps, right. and most people, when they're just starting out, they would either want an LLC or an S-Corp. LLCs are like the easiest to set up and the easiest to maintain. S-Corps are, um, they're great for different reasons, like if you're going to pay yourself a salary, a regular salary, S-Corps give you the ability, and I have an S, I have some S-Corps and as well as an LLC, but um, S-Corps are great for the types of companies where you want to pay yourself a salary and not have to pay Social Security and Medicare on the, pro, the, the distributions beyond your salary. With an LLC, you're having to pay Social Security and Medicare on everything that you earn up to the ca- There's no cap on Medicare. There's a cap on Social Security when you reach a certain income level. But basically, one of the differences to, to simplify between an LLC and an S-Corp is LLCs are simpler. S-Corps can give you some better profit advantages if you're going to make a high salary Got where it. you could not you could not have to pay Medicare taxes once you get past your salary. Can so you, there's just kind of there's some other strategies involved, but those are two of the simplest right. reasons why you might choose one versus the other. And if someone is starting, can they take it from an LLC and turn it into an S-Corp? Yeah, you could convert it into it later if you wanted to. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it's, and if you're not sure, I mean, if you want to start the simplest way, like LLCs are the simplest way to get started, and that's why so many people do that. If you're not really sure and, you know, you just want to get going, I, you know, I would probably recommend people do an LLC. But it really depends upon their circumstances. They could research it at that time and right. just make a judgment call, you know. If they're not making a ton of, of money at that point, there's not a big um, difference between the two. It's, it's really there's just some fringe benefit advantages and some right. tax advantages. If you're making a lot of money, it adds up more on the corporate, more in favor of the corporate side right. than the right. LLC side. Right. So, but LLCs are great for holding real estate and, you know, for different reasons that are, you know, really complicated to go into, into here. So it really depends upon the circumstance, but hopefully that just gives you a flavor. Right. Yeah. And for everyone, LLC is limited liability corporation, correct? Yes, thank you. I didn't yeah, yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I know we get so used to that, and that's like, wait, what does the yeah. LLC mean again? <laughs> exactly. Yes. All right, so that's something. There's the basics, and then you have to do your homework and really see um, which, which you want to choose. Plus, you can switch at a certain time if you need to. But it's good to know that it's not so overwhelming to get going and start and to start protecting yourself and what you do have. It's a good thing to go do. Yeah, and could I add one other important thing yes. to that topic? Um, and once you do open the company bank account, it's really important that you keep the company operations separate from your personal. And, for example, in the company checking account, you would never want to pay your house payment from the company checking account. That is the company. It's a separate entity. It should not be paying for your hair appointments. It's You would be writing paychecks to yourself, either in the form of payroll through, like, a payroll company or a distribution as profit sharing. But then you would then, in your own personal account, pay your house payment and your hair appointments, if that makes sense. So in order to preserve the liability that the limited liability company or the corporation gives you, you need to treat it as a separate company. And it's not normal for 
your big company employer that you work for to be paying your house payment for you out of their corporate checking account. So why would you do it if you're the business owner, if that makes sense? It's a really good mindset. That is so great to bring up. I actually did that, and I can't believe you said hair appointment. I was like, oh, I did that. And then I just had to switch, get two uh, cards for the account. I mean, you know, two different cards and move the money over mm-hmm. so that you're not doing that because you, it's yeah. it wreaks Well, and a lot of people on. think that they can't do it because they don't have credit yet. And the two things, the way, the easy ways to resolve that are twofold. One is if you have to pay for a, a business expense personally because you've got a personal credit card but the business doesn't have one yet because right. it doesn't have any credit, right. you can then do an expense report to yourself like you've done if you ever worked for somebody else and they right. had to reimburse right. you for something. You just right. do an expense reimbursement where the company then writes you the check and writes the memo what right. it was for. That's but then the great. other thing, yeah, so that's one way you can do it. The other way is even if your company can't qualify for a small credit card, a business credit card, which most of them can, they'll make you co-sign as a guarantor personally. But um, if you, even if you can't, there's something called a secured credit card where let's say you went to the bank and said, I want to open a secured credit card. I want a $500 limit. Here's $500 to right. guarantee it. They'll right. give you a credit card. You've already obviously funded it. Right. But at least it gets you going to where you can minimize the commingling or the number of expense reports you have to do. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's even if that's like if you have absolutely no credit on your own, but you need a company credit card, you could fund it and, right. and get it even with no credit. Right, right. No, it's great, great. And what do you think at this point as far as, I mean, we've so radically changed in very few years of keeping track of all of our paper and receipts and all of that. I know for me, I used to have baskets of it in the years and the envelopes all laid out. Uh, and now I just leave everything online. Are you in favor of that, or what do you suggest? It's like yeah, all, I mean, every, online. I don't have yeah. to print it out anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, everybody has their own comfort level. I mean, right. both of them can work really well. But I'm somebody, as a, you know, we I think you and I talked about before at the conference that you know had a house fire, and thank goodness right. I had my stuff backed up really right. well. So right. there you go. Um, yes, you know, it's it's great to have a process that you can live with, even if you have a disaster. So keep right. all, you know. I always recommend after going through that myself. I would have never thought you know thought so much about it before, but. You know, thank goodness, you know, we have a process for bookkeeping where I have bookkeepers that, you know, periodically monthly will put in my paper records into the electronic records so that even if, you know, I had a disaster, that's stored in a different location than my physical place and I, we could recreate it if we needed to. Right. Well, there you go, thinking that way. Now, I don't take the effort to scan every receipt like some people do. Like some people, I don't know if you do this, Allison, some people scan every receipt I don't and anymore. discard the originals. I don't. Really? No. I don't. And I don't know if that's, like I said, I don't know if it's good or bad, but my feeling is this. Everything, I've made that switch. I actually watched my son, who's young 20s, whether mm-hmm. even something costs a dollar twenty-five for a coffee, it goes on his um, ATM card, you know, a card that's going to, or a credit card, whatever, so that it's going to come up written somewhere. And I've mm-hmm. just made that switch instead of also saving the receipt for it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. You know, now, do you I, scan the do you scan the receipt or no? I just use what I have everything emailed to me all receipts so that it just comes up electronically and I save it that way. Gotcha. Well, the only thing to watch out for there is that the IRS and I'm not a CPA, but I've always been told this that you know the IRS wants to see a receipt. It doesn't have, you can have a scanned copy of it, but if they ask you, they don't want to see an entry on a credit card statement. They want to see their itemized receipt that shows what that grand total may, was comprised of. So that's the one thing to be careful about. Interesting. I wonder if they'll make a change there because it's all there. You know, it'll say right, right there, you know, travel. Right. But, but, you know, like some people, some people might um, uh, just, you know, not have the itemized receipt and the grand total from like Hilton 
that could have included sauna and spa appointments. It could oh, have okay, included a saying. nail appointment. It could have included saying. meals. But just because the Hilton charge on your credit card showed $1,200 doesn't mean only 